Hang on, you haven't sent me a link yet. Hello and And welcome welcome to Tales of of the Uncharted Territories. territories. Yes, hello, I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And this is... Another reading of the... the, Fanfic stories. Exactly. And I have indeed not sent you a link yet because okay. I have a present you for you. Won- oh, presents, I know, but I like then presents. it wouldn't be a present, oh, right? Oh, it's episode three. I know. Oh, I'm, it's, this is such an exciting thing. It's like, I never know if there's like going to be another one or not. And it's just like, I'm, su- I'm kind of surprised that they, they came out with yet. Okay. So just for everybody, I was just being handed episode three of the uh, Farscape magazine. That's right. Because New they f- issue magazines in episodes. Oh, I suppose so. <laughs> I uh, think they're issues, I th- but issues. I kind of love episodes. I don't have no. I don't have issues. I have all subscription. <laughs> okay, please don't ever change your marvelous. <laughs> so yes, we have the female of the species meets Farscape's cosmic girls. She's the one. Gigi Edley chats about Shana and Q and Hey. Zan interrogated. Oh, yeah. Ah. And scream on Tammy McIntosh interviewed. Ooh, oh, this is episode f- issue four. How do you mean? Well, it says here number four. Does it? That's what it says on the cover. Well, hang on. Hold on. Is there maybe a... I don't know. That may indeed be the case. It's still okay. I'm okay. I'm just, no, che- just, still, just, just checking. Actually, you're <laughs> making a good point. Yes. Oh. Oh, I do believe... Oh, maybe little old Kaki has made a little whoopsie. Okay. Because this one it was sent to us by a, a listener called Matatron, who uh, donated yes. out of the goodness oh, of their so heart. Oh, that is so kind of them. Thank you so much. The magazines that we've been enjoying, except issue three was missing. And I do believe that another uh, 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 listener on Twitter got in touch with it and actually provided scans. And then do you know what happened? You forgot about that. Ah, oh, how'd you guess? <laughs> okay, but... I, I will definitely look into that, and one of these one of these upcoming episodes will sort of make up for that that little whoopsie. Oh, and there's like action figures on the background which you can pre-order. Yes. Okay. And so you see, is mine Captain Craze where he's holding a pike and a chain or something? And um, what's he holding? Tell me. I don't know. He's like he's got a pike in his one hand and a chain in the other or something. Oh, you're right. And there's uh, and there's Scorpius, Master of Evil, who is screwing. A new head, cooling thing into his head. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, that's my favorite part of these sort of vintage magazines, the adverts. Yo. <laughs> the adverts for things that seemed so exciting at the time and then turned out to not last very long and then become... I'm so not surprised, yeah. Pretty significant, like, these these sort of action oh, figures are it's, treasured. It's, oh, it's uh, her, the Luxon's sister species. What's her name yes, again? Yes, Natala. And she was mm. the Scorpion in Back and Back and Back to the Future. Yes. Lisa Henley, there's an interview with her. There's also like an interview with uh, Virginia Hay about her departure because this issue came out during the uh, the hiatus. Oh, look at that. It's like a gorgeous double spread of uh, Zahn. In her... Uh, full in regalia. Her, yeah, in her proper vestments, yes. which I really like. Because those are those are clothes that she put away for a while when she mm. felt that she'd you know she hadn't earned her her uh, place anymore. And oh, this is like oh, I'm afraid we'd have to like remove it because it looks like there's a Chiana poster on the back of that. Oh, that would be such oh, you'd a have shame. to choose between Zan and Chiana. That is just cruel. Like, how would you like? Yeah. This is what holograms were invented for, and also, I guess, <laughs> suspending posters in the middle of a room. Is that something that teenagers do? Oh, if your room's big enough, maybe. Or maybe you can, like... Luxury, can, mate. Luxury. Or maybe you can just, like, put it up against the window, so you can look at it, one, one of them from one side and the other one from the other side. Oh, that's nice. That seems like a much more convenient way to do so. So, let me guess. We're going to be reading the story in this 
magazine. That is right. And I know absolutely nothing about it other than that it's written by Lily Taylor. And she was a story editor on uh, Much of Farscape. And I think she also wrote My Three Crichtons. And Ooh. I had it noted. It, I, I think it's if you go to the, if you go to the index page, yes. um, it will mention what Lily Taylor has done. So Ooh, there's fan fiction. Fiction, Farscape Tales, Double Trouble. More exclusive fanscape fiction. This issue's story comes from a Farscape writer, Lily Taylor, writing of a clockwork Nabari and oh. scratch and sniff. That's what she's done. Yeah, I'm not going to read the little summary. That's gonna. That's right after that. I'll just like keep that as a surprise. Or shall I read it anyway? Yeah, go on. Okay, I'm curious. So, Scorpia sends Lieutenant Bracca to hunt down Crichton, but other entities are looking for the human as well. Oh, that and sounds really exciting. The story's titled "Double Trouble," and it features uh, Chiana and what looks like Bracca behind her. Behind it's and not it, the most. It takes place photo. during the middle segment of Farscape season three. Okay, so apparently. it's safe for us. And yes, we've unlike, just gone past that, I suppose. Unlike a little while ago when one of our beloved <laughs> listeners sent in a story where I had to pull the air horn, which we will get to. Soon. Yeah, I was going to say we'll get to that next, you know, Tales of the Uncharted Territory, but it sounds like I, because of my whoopsie, we've got, a, we've got a magazine to catch up on. We'll see how that oh, goes. Oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Okay, we'll do our usual thing where we alternate uh, paragraphs. Uh, yes, let's do that. All right. Shall I start then? Uh, you, I think you better had because my the photos uh, <laughs> that I've taken of the thing are upside down. So oh. let me see if my the, phone tolerates this. What? Yeah, we're good. We're good. All right. <clears throat> Scorpius watched as the prowler buffeted its way unsteadily no. towards the landing bay, making a hard touchdown before veering <laughs> sharply and crashing into a far wall. <laughs> Peacekeeper <laughs> Tex immediately swamped the ship, <laughs> putting <laughs> out <laughs> any <laughs> spot fires before the important <laughs> research vessel was consumed. Are we, doing so, uh, are we doing special effects now? I am. Okay. <laughs> Standing beside Scorpius, Kokura Strapper. Oh, yes. He, he's he's the, uh, the sort of toothy gentleman who likes all the data. Oh, him, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the head of the research team twitched with even more excitement than usual. This time, they hadn't used the automated guidance systems to retrieve the prowler, so he was confident they'd finally solved the problem of the phase stabilizer. Wormhole technology in all its glory would soon be theirs. Scorpius was not so sure. When was the last transmission from the pilot? Scorpius asked as they approached the prowler. Wait, that accent was all over. I was trying to do Manchester, but that went. Like, I love it. That went just, all over the place. <laughs> just, you know, just just go all over the map, babe. <laughs> just over an hour ago, not long after he entered the wormhole, actually, but that's to be expected. I'm sure. In fact, I know we've solved the problem of the phase stabilizer. Strapper twittered, unable to control his excitement. Then why don't we just let the pilot give us confirmation of your success? Retorted Scorpius. Okay, can I give you some Scorpius tips? Yeah. Sharp inhale of breath at the start. Okay. So then, oh, and then yeah, everything that, falls into place. That makes sense, yes. Yes, of course. Strapper nodded to the two techs to release the hatch. The hiss of the decompression. So we're, it's just me. Yeah, there we go. Of the decompression indicated the seal was broken, causing the techs to grimace <gasps> as they waited for the sea of gelatinous flesh and bones to ooze from the cockpit as it had done in all previous test flights. When the expected flood didn't come, the text breathed a sigh of relief. 
before completely removing the canopy. Only what they found was far worse than before. Not only did the pilot now look like a hideous, surrealist nightmare with a body entirely rearranged so that he no longer resembled anything close to a sebation, he was still very much alive. There are two wolves in you. Sorry about the transporter accident. (laughs) (laughs) Alone in his chamber, Scorpius mulled over his predicament. He knew that unless the research started to show more substantial results, the narrow-minded high command wouldn't allow him the time and resources to perfect wormhole technology. He also knew they were a long way off from a successful flight. Fair. I'm going to give Bracca a list because... Okay. David Franklin doesn't have a particularly recognisable accent. Mm. Sir, Lieutenant Bracker's voice interrupted his thoughts. Scorpius disliked the, incipious, the insipid lieutenant and his puritanical peacekeeper beliefs, but knew the value of a good second, and therefore did his best to disguise his true feelings. Ooh. Yes, Lieutenant. Oh, see, it sends shivers up my spine. A long-range reconnaissance pilot has located Crichton on the planet Martain, Bracker answered. And... Uh, Scorpius prompted. A second recon officer also confirmed Crichton's presence on the planet Zydamine. Their sightings were made within an arm of each other. Scorpius' eyes went wide as he realised the implications of what Bracca was saying. The lieutenant continued, Those planets are millions of metres apart, sir. Even with the Leviathan starburst capabilities, it would be... Impossible for Crichton to be in both places at once, Ah. said Scorpius, finishing the thought. Lieutenant, I know you understand the importance of this project and what it means to all submissions. Hang on, my phone's upside down, so scrolling is is not in the same direction. I Uh, do, sir, interrupted Bracca. Oh, yeah. Good. Oh, well, you could take it now. (laughs) Good, because I'm making you personally responsible. Bring me John Crichton. <laughs> Bracket exited with a smile of satisfaction on his face. Scorpius also allowed himself a moment of excitement. Had John Crichton finally managed to unlock the secret to wormhole travel? Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant because there's two Johns. Oh, t- oh yes, of At course. this point, yes. in the middle of season three still. <laughs> yeah. Yes. At so least, how is this possible? Ah, he must have perfected wormhole travel. <laughs> oh, Lily Taylor, I'm so glad that she's, she's writing... The, the call it fanfic. Licensed Farscape Fiction. Ooh, yes, I suppose. Uh, okay, now plug your ears. <laughs> Crichton yelped as he pulled his module out of a barrel roll. He'd found some small solar flare activity off the far moon of the planet Zydamine, the perfect environment for his wormhole research. He positioned himself for another attempt at the slingshot manoeuvre. This one's for you, Aaron. He said to himself, still angry that the other Crichton was on Talon with Aaron, and uh-huh. he was stuck on Moya with only Darko, Chiana, Jewel, and Pilot for company. But he, he has Pilot. I know! <laughs> who <laughs> doesn't get out much, no. so he reads. Yeah. He pushed the throttle fully forward and raced toward the moon's surface. The sky around him started to streak white as... Commander! Commander! Pilot interrupted on the comms. There you go. Causing Crichton to momentarily lose concentration. With the trajectory altered, the white streaking outside the module ceased as space returned to normal. What is it, pilot? answered Crichton. Sorry, you go. I'm looking for the mute button and my phone's upside down. Sorry to interrupt you, research commander, pilot said with an irritated tone. Crichton's incessant search for wormhole technology had got them all into trouble too many times before for pilot not to be expecting the wars now. Moya has detected the peacekeeper marauders headed towards Zydamine. He continued. Do they know we're here? Crichton inquired. No. 
Moya is sufficiently shielded by the planet's moons to have avoided their long-range scans, but any transmission to the others will indicate our location. It might be nothing, pilot, but tell Moya to be ready to starburst. I'll head down the planet and tell the others it's time to vermoose out of here. As Crichton banked towards the planet, he sighed as yet another lost opportunity to collect his valuable da- uh, to collect his valuable data. Oh, I wonder if there's sort of timing symmetry here. If he's doing this while the other Crichton is, you know, in the module uh, uh, oh. taking care of the, uh, 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 the... The situation with, yes, the, the, the wormhole weapon, basically. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because, oh, I, I forget what their username was, but one of our beloved listeners on, uh, on Twitter said that they had the pet theory that... Do you know how in... Oh, Revenging Angel... I don't know why I keep forgetting the title of that. Yeah. Uh, John get bonk- gets bonked on the ne- noggin and is nearly dead, right? Yeah. And their hypothesis is that both Johns died at the same time. Okay. Except one of them came out of it, you know, because it was just bonked on the noggin, it was a coma, and it's okay. television. That makes sense, yeah. But I kind of love this idea because they're one episode apart from each other. We have no idea of the relative timelines. But it's plausible, yeah. Maybe there is a lot of that uh, uh, sort of parallelism. And this uh, wormhole experimentation is happening... For Moya John, while Talon John is uh, doing doing off the, on Dambada. Yes. Whew. The commerce planet Zydamine was frequented by only the lowest scum of the uncharted territories. Well, perfect. Which made it, Chiana thought, a totally appropriate place for them to be. Yeah, you're in one minds with her. Although feeling fed up with travelling on Moya, she was intent on making one last-ditch attempt to reconcile with Dargo. Oh. And to that end, she had found a merchant selling py- Pyridian an ancient Tregelli aphrodisiac. Ooh. The merchant, Chris, was a pint-sized, fur-covered cretin of a creature with beady eyes and a rancorous nature. You see that, Luxon? China pointed over to Dargo, standing at the bar. Ooh, I get to make him an accent. Whatever him. <laughs> you think telling me what you're going to do with the Pridean will reduce the price? I can get my own thrills. Chiana and Critz had come to a stall in their negotiation. No, but, but I'm going to tell you something else that might thrill you. You ever heard of the gang that blew up the Peacekeeper's secret gamak base? Ooh. Destroyed a Plovokavian uh, ship? Black avoid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Robbed a shadow depository? Critz's pointy little ear suddenly pricked up. He sounds cute, this Critz. He does. Natira's Shadow Depository, he cautiously inquired. Natira? Haughty blue bitch? Critz nodded uh, confirmation. That was the Natira she was referring to. Chiana liked the impact her bragging was having on the pathetic little creep. She continued. Frel, did he think she was something special? Turned out to be not much at all in the end, and she was was begging for mercy. Oh... So the Luxan is one of the gang, Critz inquired, with possibly a little too much interest reflected in his voice. I think he's also like stroking his beard or his ears or whatever. As am I. So if you don't get me what I want for the price I want, I might have to tell the gang to get her to work you over. Chiana said back, nonchalantly taking a swig of her razlak, wanting to give her threat its full impact. Critz contemplated the runaway... He definitely recalled a Luxon and an Abari being part of the gang that pulled off the heist on Natira's shadow depository. I'll get you what you want. You stay here, okay? Don't leave till I come back. As Critz scurried off, Dargo took his place in the booth. What are you up to, Chiara? He asked suspiciously. Just having a bit of fun. 
No point having all this currency if you aren't going to do anything with it. She mock coyly replied, oh, very good. Tell me what you're up to, he demanded gruffly, grabbing her by the scruff of the neck. I thought you would have worked out by now that what I'm up to is none of your felling business, she spat out through gritted teeth. Suddenly embarrassed at his outburst of emotion, Dargo released his grip. Perhaps he wasn't over her yet. <clears throat> Just make sure you stay out of trouble. Oh, Dargo. <clears throat> Scorpius watched as the prowler buffeted oh, his... Oh, sorry, you missed the line there. Uh, Frel, you! Chana re- yelled after him as she left the bar, oh, feeling really? suddenly very sorry for herself. She drained the last of the raslak. I am scrolling in the wrong direction. Oh. Yes, that's right. I was, <laughs> I was going back. I'm sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Having landed his Farscape 1 module in an isolated part of the commerce planet, Crichton finally located Dargo and Jewel. Like Gianna, Jewel was busy haggling with a merchant. You've got to be kidding, the Interion squawked. I'm not paying a dren over 600 for such a cheap imitation. As he scanned the crowd for any signs of a peacekeeper presence, Crichton cautiously approached Dargo. Hey, D, the place is apart. Pilot detected a peacekeeper marauder heading in this direction. What do you mean? I have no frelling idea what I'm... What do you mean? I have no frelling idea what I'm talking about. Jew let out a high-pitched squeal as she bantered. Gosh, I cannot get Australian right. I always no, go for... So I do my. I do my best. Dargo cringed. You take Goldilocks back to Moya before she tips off all the peacekeepers in the uncharted territories as to our location. I'll go get Charmer. Kriana, uh, Crichton, oh shit, Crichton. I know. Like, what is it with these? Uh, it's like Goldilocks. How is Dargo going to take sorry, Gold- but it's like, uh, <laughs> I know. You take Goldilocks back to Moya before the she tips up all the peacekeepers in the Uncharted Territories as to our location. I'll go get Shana, Crichton said to his buddy before disappearing into the crowd. It's just like slightly weirdly written with the cues as to who is speaking the story. I know, it goes <laughs> at the end. It's just like, that's different writers. They put it at the yeah. start or at the at the end and... Chiana was still sitting in a near-empty bar, contemplating what might have been when Lieutenant Braca, without invitation, sat down opposite her. Please, I insist, he said, offering her another bottle of Raslak. Chiana couldn't think of a good reason to turn down a free drink, and besides, Braca had to be there for a reason, and she was curious to find out what. I'm glad you're going with me down the uh, sort of Gilbert and Sullivan. <laughs> yeah. I've got a little lisp. I've got a little lisp. Okay. Scorpius let you out to play, Scorpius. Lieutenant? What? No, Chiana <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, shit, yes. Yes! Uh, again, it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right, never mind. Bracca smiled. Like any, full-blood, bloody, uh, like any full-blooded being, he couldn't help admiring the young Nabari's spunk. Where's Crichton? He inquired. Who's asking? Responded Chiana cheekily. <laughs> Although I find you extremely amusing, I don't have time to waste. Peacekeeper Reconnaissance has reconfirmed Crichton's presence simultaneously in two quadrants of the Uncharted Territories. Oh my God. <laughs> Therefore, we can only assume that Crichton has mastered wormhole technology, which makes him, once again, of great interest to Scorpius. Oh God. You will contact him and tell him to meet us here, you there immediately. There's so much more. <laughs> he will then be escorted back to the command send carrier. I'm sure I don't have to elaborate on what will happen if you don't agree to my request. What is so amusing? <laughs> he holds a very high rank in words. <laughs> Branca Bracca finally exploded. Realising the peacekeepers knew nothing of the two, Crichton's Chana had been unaware to control her laughter, infuriating the lieutenant as he tried to issue his demand. Oh my God, it was accidentally doing exactly yes. what Chiana was doing. 
You, the peacekeepers, you're pathetic. Gianna sputtered as she tried to catch her breath. Crichton hasn't mastered wormhole technology any more than you have. He was twinned, duplicated, whatever you want to call it, by some freakazoid we fought in an abandoned leviathan. That's why he's in two places at once. There's two of him. She again started to howl. Having given away such an incredibly important secret, Gianna! Bracca sounded slightly uncertain as he continued. You will contact Crichton. I will instruct my team to hunt for uh, Leviathan. Moya, if you're not worried about your own viability, then perhaps you're worried about theirs. Okay, I don't know which direction. Shana stopped laughing long enough to seize him up. In her experience, peacekeepers were usually wimps, there easily won over with a seductive gesture or two. Critz's return made her remember her the aphrodisiac. Maybe she'd have a use for it yet. Hey, Critz, you got my supply? She called out to him. It's coming, but first I have some friends that wish to meet you, Critz responded. I realized I was doing a pure French accent, and that doesn't make sense for a, an, an alien. Also, no. French people don't speak like that no. at all. You so sound just... like one of the, that, that French shrimp from whatever, whatever that movie is. The, I think it's from uh, Nemo. It's like it's the shrimp in the tank who is like French. Jacques, something or the other. Like okay, the no, you just inspired me to completely change my approach and instead go for the king prawn from Muppets in Space. Oh, God, okay. yes, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> going to be Chris, okay. Chris yep. from now on. We're cool? I don't want to meet your friends, Chris. I've got my own friends. She seductively cooed, as she indicated the peacekeeper. Chris smiled as he looked back and forth from Braca to Chiana. My friends insist on meeting you, okay? Chris indicated the statuesque... Critz indicated as three statuesque aliens glided towards him. Their skin was a smooth, iridescent film covering their pulsating internal organs. Whoa, yeah. that's a look. But I don't know if it's, uh, I mean, yeah. you know, everybody's got inside. True, but most people are polite enough to keep them on the, on the inside where they can't be seen. Well, okay, but that's just certain manners. It's, like, it's like having one of those spring rolls, which is like almost translucent, so you can see the insides. And like, I mean, okay, okay, okay now, now, now I'm hungry again. Never mind. I know. Keep going. <laughs> and you just cooked this, those delicious garlic Ooh, noodles. Yes. Both Chiana and Braca were startled, <gasps> not having seen, or at least not recalling, the direction from which the strange aliens came. Oh, yes, here, here we are. Sorry, I just lost my place here for a no. moment. What are you up to, Chris? Chiana asked. Silence, okay? <laughs> Chana and Braca looked spooked, for the voice seemed to come from not one of the aliens, but oh, all three, fuck. which was all the more surprising, as the aliens had no mouths. Okay, so uh, those can't be the... You claim to be John Crichton, of the species called human? The one responsible for the... Ro I'm doing Dobby, aren't I? The one responsible for the robbery on the Shadow Depository? Again, the strange voices surrounded them. Braca looked aghast at the accusation against him... I was going to say you were doing um, well, one of those Monty Python guys. That's what it sounded more like. You know, it's the, the, basically the, the old, same la thing. Old, la old lady voice of uh, Terry Gilliam. Oh, no, not Terry oh, Gilliam, the other one. yes, uh, and uh, also from... Terry oh, Jones, that's the one. Young man. <laughs> yes. I didn't vote for you. Blah, 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 blah. I'm nothing of the, I'm nothing of the thought. Okay. My name is Lieutenant Bracker of the Peacekeeper Corps. I don't know what business you think... But before Brack could finish his sentence, the aliens began to laugh. A loud laugh that grew in intensity until it pierced into their very being. Chana, Bracca, <laughs> and Critz clutched their ears in agony, unable to move. As the noise grew, the iridescent <laughs> colors in the aliens' body oscillated wildly until one of the aliens transformed into a thin beam of pure white light, shooting directly into Critz. And then the laughter ceased. What the frell was that about? asked Chiana. 
Please, please, no, Kritz, fully aware of the fate that awaited him, started to beg. I thought, I thought they're giving you three Frelnicks. I was repaying my death. Please don't. A loud guttural scream escaped his lips as his face contorted with pain. His body began to jut and contort as if poked and prodded from within before exploding into a million pieces. The bizarre alien had had recorporalized in the very space previously occupied by Kritz. Oh, yikes. Frack kill. No, no. uh, 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 Spawn kill. Spawn kill, that's the word, yeah. We are aware, John Crichton, of all your previous attempts to masquerade as a peacekeeper. Oh, yeah, boy who cried wolf. This time it will not help you. You are guilty of a crime, and like this traitor, you will be punished, the alien said, as a way of explanation for the horrific event that had just occurred. Oh, great, thought John Crichton, who had entered earlier and was watching from the shadows. Who uh, there's a paragraph break now? for, by the way, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yes. like we sort of imply the paragraph rate. Yes. Um, what? Oh, yes. He just... Yes, he's watching this. He is watching here. Yeah, there was no. a paragraph break, yeah. but he's actually just walked into the right. room. yes. And... One watching what's going on. Yes, Given up the element of surprise entirely. No, he okay. th- he's yeah. thinking... Oh, no, he did say... What we... No, I think he was... Like, he's all oh, thinking thought this. Quite... Yes, thought. Okay, so he's watching. Yes, yes, yes. Right, like a creeper. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but Chiana's still there. What? Crime, do you think we've committed? Gianna asked, as if she'd read Crichton's mind. The aliens responded, When you stole from the Shadow Depository, you stole from the Xi guy. This is a crime punishable by death. I don't know what Crits told you, but there's no way this dren is John Crichton, Gianna said, as she indicated Bracca. Again, the loud, piercing laughter emanated from the Xygal, <laughs> this time seemingly directed at Chiana. She screamed out in pain as Braca looked on, unable or uninclined to intervene. Oh, I like that sentence. Crichton also clutched his ears as the piercing noise reverberated through the bar. Tell them the truth, John, Chiana managed to say in desperate plea to Braca. Tell, tell them we're not the only ones who should be punished. The, the Hynerian, the Luxon, the Bannock, they're all guilty as well. The Xygal's laughter instantaneously ceased, <laughs> ceased, as Gianna crumpled to the floor. Thank God. If you deliver all the guilty parties, then we will make all of your executions swift. The aliens' voices echoed around them. Gianna pulled himself up to confront the Xygal. They'll be here soon, but you'll never get anywhere near them if they think we're already dead. The Xygal silently communicated to each other before responding, You have one arm. If the other guilty ones do not present themselves, then yours will be a long and painful execution. Crichton quietly slipped out of the bar, and I would just like everybody to know that the next page was upside down, and I still managed to (laughs) flawlessly segue in until this this minor interruption just to take credit. So Crichton... Quietly slipped out of the bar and, when assured he would not be detected, calmed Dargo. The Luxon had managed to drag a still-screeching jewel back to Moya and was contemplating the ramifications of expelling her out of an airlock when he received the call. Crichton had a plan. Ooh, we know how those go. And he needed Dargo and the ship and his ship to make it work. Oh, he needs the growler. Yes. Having successfully postponed their imminent demise, Chana was not about to wait around until the... Pos- uh, sorry. Chana was not about to wait around on the possibility that oh, a yeah. rescue party was on its way. Or at least she would have done something had the Xygal not foreseen this possibility and securely tied Shana and Bracca to a bench. 
How long until they arrive? Braca whispered. Oh, responded Shana. Ah, Crichton, Dargo, your rescue party. I don't know. Maybe. Never. What about your soldiers? Braca hesitated. I was on a stealth mission. Not even high command knew of my assignment. We're so dead, Chana grumbled. So Scorpius must really be desperate for wormhole technology if he's bothering to chase after Crichton. You really... You don't really expect me to believe your story about two Crichtons? Bracker asked incredulously. No, I expected you'd not believe it. That's why I didn't bother to lie, Shana replied. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Wow! <laughs> Bracker contemplated the young Nibari. Could she be telling the truth? Suddenly, the sound of John Crichton's voice boomed out over Chiana's comms device. Hey, Trelk, Rigel here. No, wait. Hey, Trelk, Rigel here. <laughs> Chiana looked slightly confused. Rigel, good to hear your voice. Is that the log-haired buffoon Crichton with you? Crichton asked. Yeah, yeah, he's all tied up at the moment, though. Chana smiled with the resolution that Crichton was totally aware of their predicament. Wow, this is one of those uh, sort of identity farces. Yes, it's like a door comedy. Well, get your asses out of that bar and back on the transport and don't start with come and have some fun, Rigel, because there's no way I'm leaving this transport unattended, Crichton bellowed. Uh, don't know that'll be possible, Rige, Chana replied. No arguments, Chiana. Get out of here now or I'm leaving without you. Crichton immediately calmed off. Unable to gauge the, gauge the Xygal's reaction, Chana continued to play the card. You heard the slug. Only way you're going to execute us all is by getting us to that transport pod. Oh, a plan is forming, yes. a plan is forming. I'm also play just realising, hey, it's probably actually quite mean to play a lisp for, for comedy. Fair point. Yeah, we can do better than that. All right, yes, good point. Still bound together, Chiana and Bracca stumbled out of the bar, followed closely by the floating Zygal, whereupon an armed and extremely pissed-off Crichton confronted them. Who are you? The Zygal's voices echoed round Crichton. You boys have a really funny way of talking. My name is Lieutenant Bracca, and I'm here to take this pathetic specimen known as John Crichton back to Scorpius. You boys ever heard of Scorpius? Crichton smirked in his best southern drawl. Wow! <laughs> Again, the Zygol silently communicated before launching into the loudest piercing laughter Crichton, Chiana, and Bracca had ever heard. Son of a... Crichton mumbled as he struggled for his comms. Now, Dargo, now! Dargo, who'd been circling in his ship, heard John's cry. He swiftly veered the ship towards the planet's surface and, using his heads-up display, locked in on his target. As all three of the Xygol's bodies began to oscillate wildly in preparation to destroy Crichton, Dargo's ship came swooping in. At that moment, at the moment of the Xygol's transformation, Dargo released the ship's sonic weapon, causing all three Xygol's to explode. The other one. Frell! Was all Chana managed to moan as she recovered from this sickening sound. Crichton quickly moved to release her before turning attention to Bracca. No hard feelings, said Crichton, as he re retied Bracca's restraints. Actually, let me try this. Oh. If you have developed wormhole technology, Scorpius would be prepared to pay whatever you demand for it, Bracca implored. I'm doing a really bad Dutch accent. Oh, I, is... I, I would have gone Afrikaans, but yeah, close enough. No, Afrikaans isn't bad. It's a, it's a normal accent for people. Okay. But it's a bad Dutch. You can, anyway. It's not. I it's know. its own language. I know. Gosh. <laughs> 
even if I had it, Skeleton Face would be the last person I'd ever hand it over to, Crichton responded before pulling the last notch extra tight around Bracca's wrists. I actually kind of like your approach of going, going Afrikaans. That's a great accent <laughs> to do. So the Nabari was telling the truth. There really are two of you, Bracca questioned. Crichton looked at Chiana, wondering just what else she told him in their short period of captivity together. Tell Scorpius he better not come after me again, or I'll unleash a campaign against him that'll make him long for the Scarns to put him out of his misery. Yikes. Crichton threatened before he and Chiana disappeared. As he struggled against the restraints, Bracca contemplated what Scorpius' reaction would be when he discovered he was still as far away from workhold technology as ever. Fearing the worse, he eased his struggle deciding that delaying his freedom was the was a preferable option from confronting Scorpius's wrath. Wrath. The wrath of Scorpius. Thank you, Lily Taylor, for double trouble in uh, episode four, four of the Farscape <laughs> magazine. All right, join us again next week when we're... Oh, we're doing our greatest hiatus next week. Oh, yes, we are. Yeah, we found a film with uh, uh, Claudia Black in it called Pitch Black, filmed in Australia. No relation. What do you... No, it's... I mean, there's no relation to the movie being called Pitch Black and her being Claudia Black. Or is there? Well, no, I don't think so. No, I didn't think so either. It's what she was filming just exactly before Farscape. In fact, the filming of the Farscape pilot was, I think, delayed... So that she could be in pitch black with the other way around. I don't oh, know, but okay. good decisions all around. Yes. So we'll see how that goes. It's a classic from 2000 by David Toohey starring uh, some some himbo called Vin Diesel and Who? a bunch of other people. <laughs> and then the really important bit, which is Claudia Black. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. So, so far, escape so, so good. good. Did we have one that we do? Did we do this one? No, we didn't. I think we did. Did we? Huh? Sounds right to me. It's, I mean, better do it again just to make sure. <laughs> okay, see you next time. <laughs>